Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jason Jones Show. Have you joined the mob in the past week to destroy Lindsey Graham, Congresswoman Omar, Stephen King, Nick Sandman, Tulsi Gabbard, and all the boys at Covington High School? Have you joined that mob? Of course you didn't. I know you didn't because you listened to the Jason Jones Show. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. What in the world possessed adults to dox and publicly mock and attack a group of high school students on a field trip to the nation's capital? It's bad enough that these young men, these young boys, these high school students had to uh, be taunted called devils, told go back to Europe, get threatened with violence, murder, and genocide by a racist cult on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. That's bad enough. It's bad enough that a grown man, a military veteran with a drum, bangs it in the ear of a a student. God protect anyone who does that to my kid. That's what I, be an adult. And bang a drum in my son's ear and see what happens. Bad enough that that happened, right? No. What what we had to witness was a video knit together to misrepresent the events. And by the way, even the video didn't make the boys look all that bad. It actually looked like a video knit together to make the boys look bad that didn't do a good job of it. Yet, the world was quick to condemn these Catholic schoolboys. Why? Because they were white. Because some of them had on, God forbid, hats that said MAGA on it. And, and, you know, MAGA hats mean they support who? The president of the United States, the president of their country. Oh, no. Yeah. And they were they were joyful. All of it just so awful. And so it's perfectly acceptable to publicly bully, ridicule, uh, uh, commit calumny against white Christian kids in MAGA hats. Of course, that's perfectly acceptable. And uh, But we expect that from the left. But then thin-lipped, thin-soled pansies on the right, conservatives on the right, let me tell you what, I'm angry. I am not surprised at any of the so-called conservative leaders that attacked the Covington High School boys. Not a single one of them surprises me. Because all of them, to me, are constantly bowing to the spirit of the age. I'm not. I'm going to be a gentleman and not say that. I'll say something. Robbie George. Robbie George, you are an ethicist. You owe us a huge apology for publicly ridiculing children. We have all this anti-bullying talk. Bullying leads kids to suicide. Bullying leads kids to despair. And yet it's perfectly acceptable for National Review magazine, the leading Catholic ethicist in America, Robbie George, to pile on and bully young boys. That's acceptable. And then their bishops, who to this point, Now, days later, after other people, two days later, a day later, after everyone's apologized, including Atlantic Magazine, their bishops haven't apologized? 
You know, our bishops have done a horrible job protecting our children. Yet, boy, they are quick. You're not quick to censure your own for serious crimes. You can cover up serious crimes of your fellow bishops. But when there's a social media storm attacking students in your diocese, you are quick to pummel children. Disgusting. My whole apostolate is very simple. It's to stand in solidarity with the vulnerable. I have a rule I call the Jason Jones rule. When I see a mob lynching a person, I stand with the person being lynched. If all I know is that there's a mob and a person being lynched, that's all I need to know. I will always, by the grace of God, stand with the person being lynched. In fact, this week, the very day this whole story broke, I had just finished recording a podcast with the native Hawaiian leader on the overthrow of the Hawaiian kingdom. I was preparing for a podcast I'm doing later in the week and an article I'm writing where I'm bringing attention to the Uyghurs, Muslims in China who are facing literal genocide. But then to see in my own country, a mob bully children, not college students. Those are adults, high school students. I've seen people on the left say, oh, these poor snowflakes, these are kids. Do this to my kids. We need men of man, we need men to respond, fathers to respond. I want to see the fathers respond to this because I can tell you I'd respond at the front step of some of these people tweeting and doxing these children. Anyways, I've ranted for too long, but my guest, Tiana, is host of Left the Left Show. Just five months ago, she called herself a progressive, and she was a leader in the anti-Trump movement. And today she has a great show on YouTube called Left the Left Show you need to subscribe to. And this episode has been brought to you by the Vulnerable People Project. You can go to the website, thegreatcampaign.org, and the mission of the Vulnerable People Project is to stand in solidarity with the most vulnerable people in the world at the most vulnerable moments of their life, whether it's the Yazidi on Mount Sinjar, the child in the womb, or whether it's white farmers in South Africa, right? For high school kids in Washington, D.C., I will be standing with the vulnerable, all right? Not victimism, but real solidarity. That's what we need. This has been a long rant and a long introduction, but here we go. The Jason Jones Show. Aloha, Tiana. Welcome to the Jason Jones Show. Hi, I'm glad to be here. I almost said left the left show. Yeah, it's kind of catchy, that's why. That would have been weird, because I had the name of your show in my mind. You are the host of the left the Left Show. Yes. And how can true. people see The Left the Left Show? So we're on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. Just at Left the Left Show. It's pretty simple. Well, I wanted to have you on be- for two reasons. You're young. And not that long ago, you were a social justice warrior. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like how long ago? Uh, I've been a conservative for about... Five months. Five, six months now. It's amazing. Five, six months. Like, you're still in the womb. Yeah, I'm like... Like, you're really... <laughs> you could be aborted. 
I could. It's still legal to abort you. Because <laughs> like, you've been that's in the womb for only you're, Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Let's, see, let's look at Look what I have on my desk. Like, it's all I think about, right? It's a child in the womb. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is the child in the womb. This is about how old you are. I'm holding up a fetal model. Yeah, it's about the size this of like, is This is about how big you breaks. are. This is about how big you are right now. Okay, so less than a year, less than half a year. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that is crazy. I don't. I don't know why people would want to hear my opinions. On I me. have things in my refrigerator <laughs> that have been there longer than you've been conservative. <laughs> that makes me feel like 100% awesome. I do, right? Yeah. Like Tabasco That's sauce, true. for sure. You probably have shirts in your closet that you haven't worn longer than I've been. <laughs> no, because my wife just did the Marie Kodo thing. What's that? Oh, you don't know about the tidying, the Japanese lady who teaches oh, you how to clean your house? yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone. It's gone? Yeah, we went through the whole process. Wow. Does it make you happy? Do you wear it a lot? Okay, so you're a new conservative. Yes. And and you're young. And right now, I think I'm a conservative. Like, you know, look at my bookshelf. Russell oh, Kirk, yeah. Leo Strauss, Eric Vogelin. I'm a conservative. Mm-hmm. But to me, politics isn't even the major crisis in America today. It's just decency versus being cruel thoughtfulness and kindness versus uh what would you call it the culture of bullying what would you call this culture that you're growing up in um reactionary like culture i guess you would say everything is so quick to want to try to tune in with what your friends are saying so you can be just as mad as what's going on it's just like this high intensity short lived events. Yeah, and I apologize because I didn't have to go through this. But I had bullies. I had teachers yeah. that were bullies. Yeah, but build character. What are we doing? We're sitting behind a phone screen telling other people how much of a bad person they are. <laughs> yeah, but if you're young, it can hurt your feelings. So we're going to be talking about the Covington Catholic kids today. Yes. Um, Very important. And you were an, a leading anti-Trump person. You led the anti-Trump rallies in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You now have the Left to Left show. Yes. You're involved with Turning Point USA. Yes. And so I just wanted to get your take on the, these this uh, adults yeah. who were so, I mean, powerful adults with major news corporations yeah. at their back mm-hmm. who were quick to jump on and pump, pile on children. Now, I'm 47 years old. I have I have children from 29 to 5. Mm-hmm. When I see a 16-year-old, I see a child. And what this reminded me of, which I couldn't believe in our day and age, it reminded me of the Little Rock. Was it the Little Rock 7, the Little Rock 9, the Little Rock? Good. Yeah, the Little Rock 9, these these young people that were desegregating schools, and there were mobs of adults in the National Guard shouting at children. Right. Today, we have millions of adults shouting at children through Twitter. Oh, yeah. Through Facebook. We have National Review Magazine, yeah. supposedly this conservative standard bearer, first to pounce on these children. Yeah. Robbie George, conservative ethicist. You think a Catholic ethicist would know better than to pile on and scapegoat children? You have their very own bishops. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? They're bishops. Did you see that? Their yeah, bishops attack them. Yeah. So, so what, tell me your perspective on this. Well, it goes again with just doing that quick reactionary because – I'm going to be honest, when I first saw it, I was very confused as to why are these conservative kids mocking this elderly Native American man? And it's a video. 
you can't really dispute video. So even I had, to, I was sitting on the fence, but what's, what's crazy is that I, I wasn't, there, there are more people in the movement, especially big leaders in the movement, like um, Charlie Kirk, Ben Shapiro, who just like that drop of a hat were willing to throw them under the bus but that's what you have to do, I guess, in this Do you? Age. Yeah, I have a little more sympathy for those guys because they're young. Yeah. You know, and so they might not see, you know, college student or high school students, I'm sorry, as children. Yeah. But I do. Yeah. And so to see Rich Lowry and National Review kick them upset me a lot more than, say, Charlie Kirk. Yeah. Um, I, yeah what I'm most upset about is how far they went. These are kids, and I've I'm seeing people call for them to get beaten up on the street. If if I remember recalling seeing a tweet where someone was saying, "If you see them on the street, videotape them and punch them in the face for me." And who said this? Um, just knuckleheads just, on just social knuckle media. Knuckleheads, yeah. Well, one of them had a blue check mark. I don't know who it was, but he's an ah. person. Maybe I can go back. We can link it somewhere so you can see it. Th- these are these bullies crack me up because I yeah. give like. Hundreds of speeches. I'm easy to find. I do all kinds of activism. I have never in my life been physically threatened by one of them. Yeah. But they're, they're, and these are really scrawny, weak, pasty people. Yeah. But they're, boy, are they tough in a group or they're really tough behind their computer. Oh, yeah. It's totally. And the doxing of kids, right? Of kids. I mean, what? Who who in their right mind think that thinks that's okay? Even, you know, when I first saw the video, I didn't think they did anything wrong. Even in the doctor video, mm-hmm. you can still hear the racism seep through from the other side. Yeah. I just saw a kid that was scared and confused trying to act dignified and respectful. Mm-hmm. And then when the whole video unraveled, when you see the whole video. It's a different story. It becomes shocking. And to me, the biggest story Nobody's talking about. Oh, yeah. And so I wanted to talk about the biggest story, which is the racism of the, the real racism that is evident in the mainstream media with the liberal elite. And that is the tyranny of low expectations against black Americans. Oh, yeah. And and the reason I say that is the most preposterous statements made. So you have three groups, really. Right. You have the boys mm-hmm. from Covington Catholic School. You have the Native American group. There's a younger man there with the, with the elder. What was the elder's name again? Um, Nathan Phillips. Nathan Phillips. And then there was a younger man with him who was still, you know, in his 30s, who yeah. was saying some vile racist things. Oh, yeah, super racist. But the most shocking statements come from the black Israelites. Oh, yeah. And no one's talking about Have them. you heard anyone talk about them? No. No, you can we read some of their quotes? Yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, let's read some of their quotes. So what we did was we went back to the video and we just jotted down a few of the many really grotesque things that came out of <laughs> these adult male mouths. Grown men. Boys, yeah. To children. Yeah, so... And no one's saying anything about it. Yeah. So that's why I identify as a black Israelite. So I want to be able to say whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here we go. So I saw one, uh, he said... He was, one of the men were telling the boys that they're a bunch of incest babies. Yeah, the because the, because yeah. why? Because they're from the south, perpetuating so. a stereotype. That's disgusting. Yeah, we couldn't get a lot of the racist slurs. Like yeah. a lot of them, like Billy. I, I don't know. Yeah. So here's another one. Indian means savage. 
So this is what the black Israelites were saying to the Native American group. But then one of the Native Americans said something that was interesting to me. I have to research. Uh-huh. And I did a little bit of research. He said, I'm a Native American. I'm a historian. And Indian, it's a myth that Columbus thought he was found Indians. He knew that he didn't. Indian came from Indios, which meant godlike people. Oh, wow. Because Christopher Columbus when he first made contact, thought of them as very godly people. We know that from his journals. Yes. So that's interesting. Um, But anyways, Indian means savage. Okay, what else you got? There's one that I didn't understand where they said, if America was really great, you would get rid of your lice problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That might be true, right? I don't know if white people have... Only white people have life. No, that's not true because we live in Hawaii and we've got a lot of ukus, <laughs> right? True. Like, have you had ukus before? Tell I the truth. Not. You've never had I've ukus. I've never had ukus. Okay. Have you? <laughs> yeah. I have seven kids. I probably have them right now, <laughs> oh which means God. you probably have them. And by the way, they talked about lice for about five or ten minutes. <laughs> yes. Like, it was a big thing to the, the black Israelites. Okay, here we go. God took your land because you worship buffalo. What? Yeah, that's what the he said to the Native American group. God took your land because you worship the buffalo. Wow. Because he was calling them pagans. Yeah. And he said they worship the buffalo, so he allowed the white men to come take their land because they worship buffalo. Wow. Yeah, that was no one talking about that. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, uh, so I I'm Samoan, right? There was a Samoan kid in the group and they were doing chants and stuff. He decided to come to the front of the group, take his shirt off, and do a haka. <laughs> he was a Samoan kid? Yeah. Oh, right on. So he, he took his shirt off, did the haka. Everyone's hype. And then, of course, the man had to say something about it. He told the boy, because he was a little bit on the heftier side. Mm. He told him to put a bra on. <laughs> They're coming out with some really golden jokes. To here. children. To children. These are grown men talking to children. You, it's grown men talking. All right. Now, by the way, they weren't just slandering... Um, the Native Americans. By the way, ninety percent of the Black Israelite slander that I saw was towards the Native Americans. Maybe seventy-five percent. Yeah. But they were also slandering Black women. He, he said. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He said uh, he was talking about Black women, and he said, "Yeah, our women have loud mouths." Yeah, he was saying so that. Who do they love? Like, who side are they on? I don't they're know. Just atta- I think if they're they're just full of hate. At this point. Yeah. By the way, I get that they're a fringe group. Yeah. Oh, oh, and there was a black man who was very upset at this black Israelite group. Yes. And he, he basically threatened, if you don't leave these children alone, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. And, um, and that was nice to see a, an adult stand up to this group. And, and this is what, again, here's some more. Okay, now he turned after taunting the Native Americans for like an hour. And then the students showed up. Here's another one. You are blue-eyed demons. You are blue-eyed wow. demons. Yeah. Wow. So, so they're slandering both groups, right? Yeah. So they were and slandering the Native Americans and the kids and and the kids and homosexuals. They were going. Everything was homosexual with them. Yeah. Lesbian this, fag that. Yeah. Um. Uh, they also called out one black kid in the group, called him the N-word, and then proceeded to tell this black kid that you better watch out because as soon as he gets older, his friends are going to harvest his organs. 
So I don't know if that's a if that's just playing great. I'm gonna research this group. I bet you their website is up. I'm you sure they have these crazy conspiracies. You know we're laughing about this and we're saying that it's a fringe group, right? The thing that bothers me the most is they are a fringe group, but they were put into the spotlight. They were put, they were given a platform. Just like these kids. They're just kids from a little school in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. The whole world can condemn them. Yes. They, they don't say, oh, they're just some boys from a school. Leave them alone. Yeah. They turned, the media turned a blind eye. But then you have grown men. Yes. With an organization that goes back into the 19th century mm-hmm. with followers, I'm guessing, in most of the major cities in America. Yeah. And they're allowed to say things like, bring your cracker ass over here. Um, you dirty ass cracker, your day is coming. Uh, and then they were chanting. Yeah. Either they were chanting, and their chat chant was, There is a time to hate. There is a time there to hate. There is a time to hate. Oh, so they're saying that it's okay. Yeah, they were chanting. There's this, so they would say that the, the the leader of the group would say, There is a time to hate, and then they would repeat, There is a time to hate. And he would respond, There is a time to hate. And then a young woman standing with the Covington boys said, there is one race and there is one love. Wow. That was her response. So my problem is, listen, I don't want to make a big deal about this fringe group. It's not about them. It's about the media failing to address what they say at all. And when they do, they'll say a strange group, an unusual group, a weird group, by the way, who were the master cultural appropriators because they were dressed like rabbis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were dressed like rabbis. They they, they call themselves the true Israelites. Can I also address one more thing? That yeah, you can dress whatever got, you want. got really wrong about covering the story. They not once admitted that the boys were there for the March for Life. Oh. They were saying that the boys were there as antagonists for the Indigenous People's March. I, I missed that. So they were actually, like, the boys conspired. They came from Kentucky. Yes. Yeah, no. And they were there to wait. They couldn't leave because they were there to catch a bus. Catch a bus. The the rally was over. They're they're all congregating on the steps to go home as these other groups are coming up to them. So they when they're painting this story, I just can I can see them in their writer studio saying, Oh, they're at the March for Life, but we'll use this effect instead. Even though it's partially true that the Indigenous March did happen that day, but that's yeah. not the reason why the boys were there. No. Could they have handled it? Could they have handled it better? So now we're hearing they could have done it. Now the people are apologizing, go, oh, we, we didn't get the whole story, but they could have handled it better. Do you think they could have handled it better? The boys? Yeah. I couldn't. I don't think they could have handled it any any better. I agree. Like, I, I, I guess you could. I mean, I guess you can always be better. But how? I just don't understand. These boys, yeah. if I were their parents, I, I would be so proud of them. Oh, yeah. Especially the main boy. His name was... Um, uh, the main boy, maybe we should even say his name. Yeah. But the main boy, like, he was so dignified and so kind. And then when other kids were getting a little antagonized and challenging the, the Native American group, who I guess wanted to be called Indians. Yeah. Um, the Indian group. They, uh, he, he, he went from his dignified posture that they were calling a sneer. Yeah, he was basically just, I, I, I see it as a face of astoundment and bewilderment. Like, what's it's something's going on, but I'm just going to stay here. And be dignified yes. and be kind. Yes, Do you know, when I was a boy, and I was a bad boy, I was last in my class out of 565 students. Mm-hmm. Um, not anything I'm proud of. And then I dropped out of high school mm-hmm. uh, 
the day I turned 17. Nicholas Sandman. That's his name. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's, Just so we can give him some credit. We'll give him credit. Yeah. He's, if that were my son, I'd be proud, but I would have probably said the truth is I'm like, you know, I've given you permission to punch obnoxious people, right? Like my kids yeah. <laughs> have permission to fight, but they don't cause I've raised them right. Because they would fit into this crowd. No, then my kids would fit into that. I wouldn't. You know, I've raised them better <laughs> than I am, and it drives me nuts sometimes. Like, I, there wasn't one thug in that school. There wasn't one maladjusted misfit in that school that had enough. Yeah. That you had an entire school of boys that behaved with dignity and respect. Yeah. Because I know in my school, it would have ended <laughs> much differently. Oh, yeah. Public school? What about your school? How would it have ended? Oh, yeah. Definitely. They, you would have seen true mockery. You would, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they like how the media said that the boys are mocking the mocking them. Most of the time, they were jumping around, jumping to the men's drum or whatever. He was yeah, doing. they were jumping to the beat of the drum, and then they called that mocking. Yes. Well, what did you want them to do? Jump to the beat of a different drum? Yeah. They all jumped to the beat of the drum to attack these kids. Yeah. Yeah. They jumped to the beat of that drum. So I'm guessing theoretically, if they're saying they could have done better, what were they supposed to do? Just get out of the way or just ignore him? But they walked right up to their face. Yeah, exactly. It's so, not like they they got in anyone's way. Yeah. And do you do I think this native this Indian chief he he walked up to the boy's face. So if the boy's thinking if I step to my left he'll pass, no, he walked up to my face. He wasn't trying to go through anywhere and he was banging the drum in my ear. So it wouldn't even cross your mind. Maybe I should step out of his way because no, he walked right up to me and started banging his drum in my ear. So it's not like, where am I going to go? If you look at the full video, this man was going to different boys and looking to pick one to pick on. Ah, bullies, bullies, bullies. And he found his mark. He did. He, but he misjudged because this boy was so dignified. I think that it's going to be, he's going to become like an icon of a generation. I think so. So that's my whole thing for your generation, right? Like it's not even about politics. Yeah. Look, I believe in small government. I believe in legal protection for the child and from the violence of abortion. I think marriage should mm-hmm. be protected not only between a man and a woman, all these political things. But more importantly, I think we should have a society that agree, which we say we do. We spend how much money on campaigns, not to bully. Yeah. But then yet we all bully children. I know. We talk about bullying can lead children to drug abuse, suicide, depression. You're not, you're young still. Like, do you remember how you, when you were 16, if, imagine if when you were 16, you were called a racist and a bigot and all of America was watching this misrepresentation. I would be destroyed. I would be, I would be so sad right you don't even know how to act when people from your own high school tell you those things and now you're the center of attention and then your own bishop yeah you're catholic and your bishop not only one bishop the two bishops from your state attack you wow leading conservatives attack you yes why do you think leading conservatives were so quick to jump on the bandwagon and attack these boys virtue signaling don't hurt me or or saying like, I think we had a conversation about this before where you um, is the idea that I'm so good and righteous that I'm going to condemn these this kind of behavior because I'm so good and righteous, mm-hmm. which I agree, which I totally agree. And it's sad that they're willing to throw someone under the bus for their own name. But 
that's a, I guess that's a culture nowadays, which is very sad. And they think by feeding these children to the wolves, the wolves won't eat them. Yeah. But the wolves ate Ellen DeGeneres. Isn't the actually- wolves ate Kevin Hart. Oh, the yeah. wolves ate Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Rich Lowry. The wolves will eat you. Like yeah. there's no, you can't, you can feed all the children in the world to these wolves yeah. and they will eat you. See, I don't see how they couldn't just wait for more, like the full video to come out. Or is it just because access to these people are so fast that there's an expectation that they have to commentate on something right now? Yeah. And I think it's the, the idea of the virtue signal. Like, oh, here's my opportunity to find common ground. Yeah. I... Because I'm a follower of Rene Girard, as you can see, I have every book ever published by Rene Girard or about Rene Girard right over there on that shelf. <laughs> and uh, but he he said something that was liberating to me that when you're in solidarity with the vulnerable, you will be vulnerable. You'll always be vulnerable. Mm. And I run an organization called the Vulnerable People Pro- the Vulnerable People Project, and our mission is to to advance the dignity of vulnerable communities. In fact, the day this all broke out, the day before I had done an interview with Leon Sue that will that, that hasn't aired yet, that will air in the future on my podcast, on the overthrow of the Hawaiian Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Then, then I was preparing for my interview I'm doing this week, I'm, in a couple of days, I'm doing an interview with a representative of the Uyghur community in, in China. They're Muslims and they're being persecuted and no one's paying attention to the genocide against the Uyghur. And I'm gonna be talking about that. And then I, I go because there's a sale and I needed a new suit. So my wife made me go get a new suit. <laughs> and I go with my Chinese wife to this tailor and the tailor's Palestinian who's married to a Chinese woman. And the whole time I was just thinking about how beautiful Hawaii is, just how beautiful America is. And mm-hmm. I come back and I see this manufactured drama that's a perfect verbiage for that. You know, manufactured. You want to talk about manufactured crisis? Yeah, totally manufactured. <laughs> yeah. You have a fringe group of Native American activists mm-hmm. colliding with the fringe group uh, of a 19th century cult, apocalyptic cult. Yeah. The Black Israelites colliding with a field trip. That's <laughs> it's a field trip. Essentially, it's a field trip. And and who made it the story? Not Nathan Phillips. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Not not Elder Phillips, not even these kook black Israelites, not even these students. It was the media machine that just crushed and took this. I honestly, I, you know, people want to be mad at this Native American guy. I see a well-meaning, emotional guy, you know, who is um his whole life is caught up in, in his, the history of what happened to his people. And and uh, I have friends like him. Yeah. And uh, like the day before, I'd interviewed Leon Sue, who passionately wants to see a restoration of the Kingdom of Hawaii mm-hmm. or believes the Kingdom of Hawaii still exists, you know? And so I have friends like him. It's not even him. And he wasn't that obnoxious, you know, banging a drum in a kid's face yeah. is what it is. But then having the world attack him death threats. And even if I believe what those boys did was wrong, I would comment on it. Just like I've never commented on that anti-gun kid. What's his name? I don't even know his name because I honestly try not to follow anything about him because he's a child. Uh, David Hogg. David Hogg. 
David Hogg is a young man. He's what, 19 years old, 18 years yeah, old? Straight out of high school. Who experienced a great trauma. Yes. He's being used by a powerful special interest. Mm-hmm. And they don't feel like they're using him because they're true believers. And, and you know, so I'm not going to attack a child. I've never publicly commented on that young man. Yeah. Nor would I. Yeah. And there's some shenanigans that he did, right? With, uh, I'm not even going to bring it up, but he, you know, you could dox him. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of mischief around that young man's life. So and and conservatives did that. But I think we just need to get past. I think what conservatism is in the end is an absence of ideology. It should be the absence of chewing up and grinding people out in obedience to the mob. Like to me, that's what it is to be a conservative. Yeah. Right. Like this week, who have we seen attacked? Um, Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard for her religion. Mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. Um this new Muslim member of Congress. I don't know how to Imam. That. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, people are so quick to want to comment on things. Oh, yeah. And we all think, well, it's just my tweet. It's just what does my one tweet matter? My one retweet matter? Well, it's, it's millions of tweets. Oh, yeah. You should be noble. You should be thoughtful. And um, really shocking. Anything else that you want to talk to about it? In relation to this, this um, crushing of this young man, has he commented yet? I saw some of his classmates have commented. Yeah, his classmates have commented, but I'm just proud of them for sticking to their gun and their parents. Because I know the mom made a statement for her son. Oh, good. Yeah. So what did she say? She said the whole thing. She was the one who pointed out the black Israelites. Ah. So she said this all happened because of them. And she called them Muslim, right? And then people yeah. were like, they're not Muslim. Okay. Okay. Sheesh, my son's getting nationally lit. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I was thrown off by their rabid anti-Semitism. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we can learn a great deal, especially this new generation, from what has happened. And we need to start being more cognizant of the information that we're consuming because even though, you know, things are fast and easy to grasp onto, especially with the technology that we have today as conservatives, we do need to be more respectful, more mindful of what's going on. And it's a very, very hard lesson to, to have, but it it needed, I feel personally that this is needed so that we can move on from it because it was bound to happen. Yeah, this seems like the first time the mob is pausing. Yes. Like the first time the mob, mob is like, hmm, maybe we were wrong there. Yeah. Do you notice that? Yeah. It's a weird phenomenon, but it, it's necessary hmm. moving forward. Yeah. And and we've seen apologies, but strangely enough, the bishops haven't apologized yet. They were quick to attack the boys, slow to apologize. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's very true. Right? Like, so who's apologized? Charlie Kirk? Charlie Kirk, Ben Shapiro. The Atlantic Magazine. Yeah, I saw the Atlantic. James Martin, this smarmy Jesuit priest, gave such a wimpy retraction that it wasn't even a retraction. Yeah. But he was so quick to smear these boys and then, and then this Jesuit priest had the nerve to say, well, we would really hate for Catholic schools to look bad because of the actions of these boys. 
Yeah, what about the actions of priests and bishops, my friend? Oh. Like, how has that damaged the image of the church? <laughs> right? Like, I'm a Catholic. Like, wait, what? Honestly, I wish that with the, 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 the chaos and the accusations that the church is facing, that we could have our bishops stand with the dignity of that young man. Yeah. And the, you said something about them when we, were, when we were watching the video and they were like, look, it was kind of like a Nazi propaganda video, right? Yeah. When they were like, look at, they were like, how angry the children are. Yes. And you're looking at them and you said what? They're jolly. They were jolly. Wow. They were just young people. Yes. Having the time of their life at their nation's capital. And the left lost their mind. Yes, so I'm very thankful for independent media, social media, for giving us the opportunity to have these extra clips. Because imagine if we didn't. That's true. Imagine if we didn't. Then these kids' lives would have been... But do you know what? I'm banned. I told you this. (laughs) I am banned. (laughs) I am... am Guys, right now, I've had so much to say this week on FaceTime Live. And I am banned from FaceTime Live. He's on. He's in Facebook jail. I'm in Facebook jail. What am I in Facebook jail for? What What are the things you could think I'd be in FaceTime jail for? Radical anti-abortion statements. Be, oh yeah. Like right? There's yeah. What else? Um, posting like racism, MMA videos of fist yeah. fight racism. What are you yeah. saying about me? <laughs> well, what they think. What they think. Uh-huh. I don't know because the left, <laughs> the left can twist anything. They can't. They can't the twist anything. So, but that's the thing, and that's the other thing. I think so many white people don't want to be called racist that they'll, they'll do anything not to be called racist. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, that's true. I've never had that fear. <laughs> no, really, because I grew up with black friends before I knew they were black friends. No one, if you see my kids, no one would go look at those white kids. Yeah. No one's going to think my kids are white. They're half white, mm-hmm. but no one's going to think it. My oldest kid looks Samoan. My, my daughter looks... Jewish, Italian, depending on how much sun she's had, she could look different (laughs) things. And then I've got two kids that look, maybe two kids that look holly, you think? Slight, but I wouldn't go there. I could tell there's a little bit. They look pure hot. You know they're hot, but at least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So I just don't care. Call me whatever you want. Um, No, I am in Facebook prison, not with any hint of irony, with no sarcasm. I made a video commending Ellen because she is the most lovable person on earth, right? Can you think of somebody as lovable as Ellen? Ellen DeGeneres. Barney. I don't, I don't, I think a lot of people don't like Barney. No, Barney's not a real person. (laughs) Well, she's jolly like that. So that's the first. No. Yeah. So, so, so she is really a kind, thoughtful, warm, generous person, which by the way has made her, the best spokesperson for the gay lobby that one could hope for. Yeah. And now she's being attacked as an Uncle Tom sellout because she showed some some compassion to Kevin Hart. And so I made a video saying that Ellen DeGeneres is a kind, thoughtful, warm, generous, magnanimous person. And it's absurd for the, the, the mob to attack her when it was her courage and leadership, when it took real courage in the early 90s to stand up for, quote unquote, LGBTQ equality. She was there. None of you were. She was there. Barack Obama opposed gay marriage until 2008. Hillary Clinton opposed yeah. it until 2008. But there was Ellen in the early 90s 
And because she refused to allow the mob to lynch Kevin Hart, and I, and I commended her for that. And that is why Facebook said I violated their community standards. Wow. Is that bizarre? Great thought. It's really scary to me. It is. Because I've done some off the wall <laughs> FaceTime lives. Yeah. And I thought it would get me in Facebook prison. Mm-hmm. But when I gave one that was really just. And you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but your page is private, isn't it? I didn't even do it on my public page. Wow. I have a public page. So I never use it. So they're censoring you for talking to your own friends my about own what friends. you believe. Yeah. That's. And I have a lot of diverse friends, right? Like across oh, the yeah. spectrum. And so I was talking to my liberal friends. And uh, that's really what you're, I like how you put that. Yeah. When I speak on Facebook, it's to my friend. I have a lot of friends. I have 5,000 Facebook friends. I know personally all 5,000 of those people. Yeah. So that's just me talking to my friends. Um, but that we're getting in a world where you can crucify Tulsi Gabbard because oh, yeah. she practices an Eastern religion. <laughs> you know, Really? And when did I, I'm a Christian conservative. It's not my, I didn't think it was my job to defend Hindus. I didn't think it was, as a conservative Catholic, I didn't think it was my job to defend gay rights activists. Yeah. There was an old saying where liberals used to say about Christians. Christians are worried um, that somewhere somebody is having fun and they want to find it and stop it. Oh, no, no. I mean, the tables have turned. That's the left. Yeah. Like the left are Puritans. Yeah. And God forbid their students cheering and dancing and on a field trip and having fun. Yeah. And that is that I think is at the root of what makes them so angry about these kids. And they dub that what you call being jolly privilege. Oh, what are they supposed to be? Broken, oppressed, self-hating, self-hating. That's a good point. Like, you know, Ed Case came out, our member of Congress. Did you hear about this? And he said he was in a, uh, he was an Asian man in a white body. Yeah. Did you hear about that? I did hear about that. And the world went nuts. Yeah. And it reminded me of my favorite Jim Gaffigan joke where he, he starts the show. He goes, hi, my name is Tom. I'm from the country of Korea. And he says, well, I'm not really from Korea. I just wish I was because then my interest in Asian women wouldn't be so creepy. Oh, kind of funny. That's funny. So that's what reminded me of Ed Case standing next to his wife when he said he was an Asian man. As I thought of the Jim Gaffigan joke. And then I tweeted out in response that I have the misfortune of being a white man in a white body. <laughs> but that's what it is. They want me to think it's a misfortune, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I just I, I just wanted to get my piece. I wanted to be on the record. I was the Perfect. first out to defend these kids. Oh, yeah. And you never attacked them, did you? No, I didn't. Right on. Did you fall for it for a second? On the fence about it, yeah. But she, what did you do? Waited. And did research. Yeah, of course, always. Now. Okay, how do we go see? By the way, the Left the Left show is going to be, I promise you, one of, the big, <laughs> one of the biggest things in the country. I'm just trying to red pill, or not actually red pill, I just want to knock some compassion and common sense into some people. That's it. Well, that's what I think what makes it so special. It, it's it's that compassion and common sense. And I believe it's going to be one of the biggest things in the country. That's why I wanted you on my podcast. So as <laughs> much as possible, <laughs> so that when you bounce really big, I'll say, I made her career and then she forgot about me. <laughs> and I'll complain, to, I'll grumble. 
to everybody around town. I'll say, you know, I knew her before. And uh, now she doesn't even return my calls. I'll always remember that Jason only eats a number one at McDonald's. How'd you know that? Don't worry about it. See, we're, we're tight like that. How'd you know I only eat a number one? <laughs> Did we eat McDonald's together? No, we made a, um, a bet about Tulsi. Oh, what was, can we say the bet on air or no? Well, we'll wait on it. Cause if, if I lose, it's on record. <laughs> wait, well, I forget the bet. You're going to have to remind me. Has it happened yet? You, oh, it happened a day after she announced her presidency. You said, I'm going to bet you a McDonald's meal that it's going to be the left. Whoa! (laughs) You owe me another one! Dang it. I forgot all about the bet because I'm betting people all the time. (laughs) So so let's talk about that real quick. (laughs) I forgot. Yeah, I said if Tulsi Gabbard announces that she's running for president, it will be the left that's vicious to her. Yeah, not the right. And you didn't believe me. I was like, no, they're going to embrace it because she's so diverse. And not only have they attacked her, they have been cruel. They have been. They have been really cruel about her religion. Yes. Uh, they really have dog whistled on her ethnicity. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit bizarre. Her age. And her stance from 10 years ago. When when Clinton and Obama, the stance from 10 years ago was she opposed LGBTQ. Yes. And so did Obama and so did Hillary. Yes. Right? Nothing different. But they used her religion against her and actually and the LGBT issue when her real issue I think is her her strong and persuasive stance against dangerous regime change wars yes which the left claims that that they care passionately about but whenever their votes are needed they show up to make sure we go into those wars yeah so, well, the good news is I get a free number one, yeah, so we better do. we better go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Tiana. All right. All right. Sounds good. Aloha, everybody. All right. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow me because I am relentless on social media. You can follow me on my personal Facebook page because I like to have a conversation with my friends. You are my friend. I also post a lot on Instagram, a little bit on Twitter, and go to my website, movie2movement.com. That's www.movie2movement.com. And you can find out about my latest film projects. Talk to you next week.